1 Samuel chapter 17 this morning. And we are looking at David and Goliath this morning. What a story. What a story. Um, and like I said, we're going to be short on time because this is really a long, long chapter. And I hope I can get through it. Uh, so I'm just kind of going to just go off as uh, kind of quickly as I can because it is a lot of verses. So we see in our, uh, uh, for, them, for the people that are new, we've got this little lesson here and it's got little lines in it to where you can fill in. Uh, I'll be giving you those words as we go along. <clears throat> so if you want to follow along and write those in, that'd be, that'd be swell. So we see in number one, uh, the Philistines are gathering to battle in Israel. And we're going to read in verse one uh, through three. So now the Philistines gathered together, this is in uh, 17.1, gathered together their armies to battle and were gathered together at Shoko, which belongeth to Judah, and pitched between Shoko and Ezekiah, in Ephes de Mim. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched by the valley of Elah and set the battle in array against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on a mountain on one side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side, and there was a valley in between them. So if you can picture in your minds, you got the Philistines on one mountain, and you've got the children of Israel on, the other, on another mountain, and they're getting ready to battle. They're, they're, setting up their, they're setting up their armies, getting ready to battle each other. Um, the Philistines had a champion, and we'll read in verse 4, and there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines, and his name was Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. And he had a helmet of brass upon his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail. And the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. And he had greaves of brass upon his legs and a target of brass between his shoulders. So this guy, Goliath, it says he was six cubits and a span tall. Uh, My research showed... And there's, there's a couple different um, uh, uh, views on, on that height, but I came up with he was 9 foot 9. So that's almost 10 foot tall. It, this guy was big, right? Uh, <laughs> I couldn't imagine looking across and seeing this guy standing up and saying, who wants me, right? 9 foot 9. And it said that he had greaves of brass upon his legs. The greaves of brass are... Greaves are, are like shin covers uh, that they used to put on to, to cover their shins and their knees. And uh, it also said that, um, I found out that it says that he had a, a coat of mail. And that a mail was uh, chained, all chained together. And that would keep any uh, spears to going through or it would stop uh, arrows from going through. You guys know what chain mail is? The weight of his chainmail was about 121 pounds, almost 122 pounds, just the chainmail. So that was without everything else on him. Um, and we see that um, he was over nine foot tall, and his height was extraordinary, but not unheard of. Uh, it says here, Robert Pershing Wadlow. Does anybody remember him? He was, was, was he in Illinois? Uh, Mr. Wadlow was eight foot 11 inches tall at the time of his death in 1940. So it's not unheard of for people to be extraordinarily tall. Um, We see Goliath's armor and his weaponry 
matched his size. So a big gentleman as big as he was, he had to have stuff that was bigger. Uh, he couldn't take, he couldn't take the, the coat of chain mail that I would put on and put it on himself. It wouldn't fit, right? It'd keep them all bound up. He had to have something that matched his size. And then my legs are pro probably a little shorter than his, I would think. So my greaves wouldn't fit his legs. So he had to have, he had to have stuff that matched him. Um, so Goliath challenged Israel to produce a competitor. We're going to jump down to verse 8. And it says, And he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel, and said unto them, Why are ye come out to set your battle in array? Am I not a Philistine? And ye servants to Saul, choose you a man for you, and let him come down to me. So we see that Goliath challenged Israel to produce a competitor, to produce somebody to come down and fight him. Let's read verse 11. When Saul and all Israel heard those words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. So the armies, the army of Israel were in E, one E. The army of Israel was intimidated, as was Saul. All of them, they were intimidated. And, and one might speculate that Saul would be the logical man to face Goliath, since he was the leader. Um, and as he was head and shoulders taller than his peers, uh, he was taller than, than any other Israelite there. So logically, he would be the one that, that would probably go out and fight this big guy. Um, F says words, even in our lives today, like, like his words frightened them. Um, it says they were dismayed and frightened, greatly afraid. And just as that day, words in our lives today can have a powerful effect on us, like it did them, um, to either strengthen or weaken us. So words are very powerful. Next, we're going to look at David being sent to the battlefield. And we're going to jump down to verse 15. So, but David went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. So he had been with Saul, right? Remember, he was, he was playing the harp for Saul when the, the, Holy, uh, the evil spirit would come upon him, right? So, so he, had, he had been with Saul. But then he, then he was sent, he, was, he went back to his father's house. But now we see that in verse 15... He went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep in Bethlehem. And so David occasionally went from Saul to help his elderly father with the sheep. And that's in verse 15. And the word here is Jesse. So Jesse sent to David to visit his three brothers who were at war. So he's coming back. Uh, Jesse had sent him back. And we're going we're gonna to read verse 17 and 18 here. So it says, And Jesse said unto David his son, Take now for thy brethren an ephah of this parched corn and these ten loaves, and run to the camp to thy brethren. And carry these ten cheeses unto the captain of their thousand, and look how thy brethren fare, and take their pledge. So his dad sent him to check on them, to check on his brothers and see how they were, and bring them some provision, and then also bring an extra gift for the chief of the, the commanders. So David arrived at, as the armies were facing each other. 
this standoff had been going on for 40 days. And we're going to jump down to verse 21. For Israel and the Philistines had put the battle in array, army against army. And David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage and ran into the army and came and saluted his brethren. So, he's, so David's there. He, he's come to check on his brothers. He's come to bring them some, some extra food. Um, and then we see in C, Goliath appeared. And then David saw him and heard his words. In verse 23, it says, And as he talked with them, talking about David talking with his brethren, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of his armies of the Philistines, and spake according to the same words, and David heard them. So David's standing there talking to his brother and, and, his, and his friends and, and, and people that are around him, and, and here's, this, here's this giant steps up and, and reiterates what he's there for, reiterates that he wants somebody to come down and, and fight him, and David hears him. Uh, so the men of Israel informed David about Goliath. Uh, actually, we're going we're gonna to be in D here. So every man of Israel was paralyzed with fear. Uh, let's read verse 24. It says that all the men of Israel, when they saw him, they fled from him and were sore afraid. So again, it says they were sore afraid of this man. Um, he was huge. He was very intimidating. Uh, they were paralyzed with fear of this guy. And then the men of Israel informed David. Let's read verse 24 through 26. And all the men of Israel, they saw the man, fled from him, and were sore afraid. And the men of Israel said... Have you seen this man that has come up? Surely to divide Israel is he come up? And it shall be that the man who killeth him, the king will enrich him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. So all of a sudden now there's a price on this big guy's head. And it's a big price. Uh, it, it, was, it was a way to, to get somebody to, to say, hey, I want this stuff. Maybe I can stand up and take this guy out. Uh, he was even going to get the, daughters, the daughter of the king. Uh, it was a huge prize for anybody who would come up against this guy. So the men of, in, of Israel informed David about Goliath and the, re the reward that would be given to any man who could kill him. So David was focused on the reputation of Israel and God's honor. In verse 28, we see it says that, And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, Why camest thou down hither? Why did you come here? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart, for thou art come down that thou mightst see the battle. So he's getting rebuked from his brother for coming and, and checking on him uh, because he's leaving the sheep at home with, with nobody to care for him. And, and he's trying to kind of guilt him for being there. Uh, and we see that David was focused on the reputation of Israel and God's honor. So David's older brother scolded him and accused David of being prideful and self-serving. Verse 29, and David said, what have I done, what have I now done? Is there not a cause? 
So David felt that this was a cause worthy of his involvement. He wanted to be there. He wanted to see what was going on. He felt this, this was a worthy cause for his involvement. Uh, when we witness the great spiritual needs that abound, we should want to do our part in service to the Lord. Uh, so there is a cause. When there's a cause, we should be willing and wanting to fill that void uh, for, for that cause. So new, news of David reached Saul, and he sent for David. David, who referred to himself as Saul's servant, offered to fight Goliath. Let's jump down to verse 31. It says, And when the words were heard which David spake, they rehearsed them before Saul. So, so they, they brought the words that David spake and, and took them to Saul. So they, rever- they rehearsed them to Saul. Um, and he sent for him. And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. So David has just told King Saul that, that he will go and fight this Philistine, this giant. Um, so he sent for David, and David referred to himself as Saul's servant. He offered to fight Goliath as a servant. So Saul pushed back against the suggestion that David face Goliath. In verse 33, says, And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. For thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. So, so Saul's kind of explaining to him that you're just a young kid. What are you going to do against this man um, who is, who is well-versed in war? I mean, this guy has fought before, and, and, and he's, he's saying, Who are you, David? Uh, a little kid. What are you going to do against this guy? Um, so Saul pushed back. And then David testified of how he killed a lion and a bear in verse 34 through 37. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. So this is while David was, was keeping the sheep, this happened. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defiled the armies of the living God. David was sure of himself that he was going to slay this, this giant. God had, had, had worked with him and through him and helped him slay a bear and a lion in the past. And, and Saul didn't know this. So, so he was explaining to Saul, look what I've done, in the, look what I've done here. I've, I've, I've saved this sheep from the, the mouth of a lion. You think if I can't do that, I can't beat this guy? Right? He's tell, he, he knows God's with him. And he knows what God can do. And his faith is what's going to bring him through this. His faith that God would be with him and his faith that God could deliver him. Right? That's, that's one thing that, that David had was, 
was an extremely high faith in God. And that's what's going to bring him through this altogether. So David viewed Goliath's actions as defying armies of God. Um, David could tell that what he was doing was against God. It wasn't necessarily against the children of Israel. This was against God because the children of Israel are God's people. The Philistines are rising up against God. And he knew that anybody that rose up against God in the past failed. He knew that. Um, and that's why he was so um, adamant about himself going down and fighting this giant. He knew that God was with him, and he knew what God could do. So he viewed Goliath's actions as defying the armies of God. Okay, and then verse 37 we read, David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion. Got it? The Lord delivered him from the paw of this lion. David didn't say it was me that killed this lion. He's, he didn't say in my power I was able to get free from this lion and this bear. He didn't say it was him at all. He said the Lord delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear. And he was confident and he said he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, go and the Lord be with thee. How many of us in here would, would face a nine foot nine guy with a, a spear <laughs> and say the God's going to deliver me right out of his hand right now? I, I don't think very many of us would. Um, so, so David had a, a high view of God. He had a high faith in God. He knew. He knew what a God had done with him before, for him before, and he knew he would deliver him. So Saul agreed to let David go against Goliath. Let's look at verse 38. And Saul armed David with his armor, and he put a helmet of brass upon his head. Also, he armed him with a coat of mail. So he had all the stuff that this Philistine had on, right? And David girded his sword upon his armor, and he essayed to go, for he had not proved it. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. So he had never been to battle. He had never fought a man. He had never put this stuff on. He had never put this stuff. Um, he said, I had not proved it. And Dave, David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off. So David had all the, all the, 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 the garments he needed to go into the battle against this guy that would help protect him from him, from the spear that he had. And, and he just put it off of him. He said, I don't even need this. Um, I'm not fit for this stuff. Because um, he had never been to, to fight. He had never put this stuff on. So David refused Saul's armor as he had not proved them. David armed himself with his shepherd's staff and a sling and five smooth stones, as we read in verse 40. It says, and he took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had, even in a script. And his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. So we see he armed himself with what he had, and he approached Goliath. Next we're going to see that David faced Goliath. And let's jump down. We're going to read, start in 41. 
And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David, and the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth, and ruddy, and of a fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog, that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. That was a mistake. <laughs> and the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. So you can imagine this giant looking down and seeing this young boy come out to fight him. And you can imagine what he's thinking. Uh, I'm sure I thought this a couple times in my life, in my past. Um, he looked at this little kid and, and was thinking, who is this? You know, he, it, it was, it was kind of laughable to him uh, that, that this young boy would come out to him. And he told him, he said, he said come to me. He was, he was sure of himself. As sure as David was that God was going to bring him through this, as sure as David was, he was sure that he was going to take this young kid and he was going to kill him. He was, he was, there was no doubt in his mind what he was going to do to David. So Goliath despised and disrespected him by, by scoffing and cursing. He said he cursed him by his gods. Goliath threatened to feed David to the birds and the animals. Um, so next we're going to see how David, David responds in verse 45. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defiled. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give, thee, give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. So David here explains to him who he's messing with. He, he, he wants to really let this guy know who he's dealing with. Uh, he was not depending on his weapons alone, right? He boldly told Goliath that he was coming in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, who thou hast defied. So David knew that for himself, this was not a personal battle. It wasn't something personal between him and this guy. Uh, this guy had, had mocked and, and was defying the God of Israel. And, and David was not happy about that. Um, he knew that it wasn't a personal battle, battle. Rather, it was a spiritual battle. And David was defending the name of God. Uh, he took that personal. He took the, he took the, the defiling of God's name and, and the mocking that this guy was doing. He took that personal. Um, and David had confidence that with God, he would be victorious. He, he was very confident that God would do this. He knew for a fact that God had helped him in the past and knew that God was with him. Uh, he also wanted all the earth to know that God reigns in Israel. And we read that in verse 47. And all his assembly shall know 
talking about this Philistine, shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. So he was letting him know that, that he, wasn't, he wasn't just battling this young boy. He was letting this, this guy know right off the bat that you're not just battling me. You're battling the God that, that created everything, the God of this earth. Um, this is who you're battling. And that's why he was so confident. He said in number five here, three, five, he says, the battle is the Lord's. So this was the Lord's battle. And, and David was leaving this up to the Lord. He wasn't thinking that he was going to do all this work. He wasn't going to slay this guy in his own power. He knew that this was the Lord's battle. So David ran to meet the enemy. Verse 48, and it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hasted and ran toward the army to meet this Philistine. David was bold. <laughs> Can you imagine being a young kid and, and seeing this giant and, and wanting to run to this guy? I mean, he was bold. He was so sure that God was going to take care of this that, that he ran to this guy. He didn't, he didn't wait. He didn't, he didn't look around. He didn't ask God, please help me. He just knew. Uh, we don't see anything in here where it says that, that he prayed and asked God to help him, which I'm sure he probably did. But it doesn't say that he, that he stopped and asked God to help him in this moment, which we do see in the Bible a lot of times where, where people do stop and pray to God real quick before they want something to come, come to help them, right? Well, he didn't do that. He was so sure that God was with him and that God was going to deliver him from this that, that he, it was just a, a, a blind run. He just ran to this guy. Uh, so ran, uh, David ran to meet the enemy. He took a stone and a sling hitting Goliath in the forehead. The giant fell face down to the ground. Let's read down to verse 50. It says, So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone, and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. So he took a stone and a sling and hit Goliath in the forehead, and the giant fell face down on the ground. So David finished the job by taking the giant's sword, and we're going to read that in verse 51, and cutting off his head. It says, therefore, in verse 51, David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. So David... Uh, took this giant's head off. Uh, he finished the job by cutting his head off. And F, the Philistines, seeing their champion was dead, fled. So they ran. <laughs> these, these guys couldn't believe what, it, what they just saw. They couldn't believe that this, this little kid had, had just killed their champion. I mean, this was, guy was nine foot tall, right? They could not believe it. So now who was so afraid? Right? First, the children of Israel were so afraid from the words that they heard. But now, not only just words were done, I mean, actions were done. And, and they saw it, and they knew. These men knew right away that, that they were in trouble. So what did they do? They fled. So then, we read in verse 52, And the men of Israel 
and of Judah arose and shouted. When they saw it, man, they were like, they were ready to go. They couldn't believe it either. And pursued the Philistines until thou come to the valley and to the gates of Ekron. And the wounded of the Philistines fell down by the way to Sharam, even unto Gath and unto Ekron. And the children of Israel, 53, returned from chasing after the Philistines, and they spoiled their tents. So we see that the men of Israel rose and pursued the Philistines. Then we read in verse 50, let's see here, uh, 52, let's see, actually I'm in 54. And David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem, but he put his armor in his tent. So H says that David took the giant's head to Jerusalem. And then we're going to be in verse 55 here. And when Saul saw David go forth against the Philistine, he said unto Abner, the captain of the host, Abner, whose son is this youth? And Abner said, As thy soul liveth, O king, I cannot tell. So at this moment, Saul's asking, who is this youth? And isn't that kind of strange that, that, that David had been with Saul for a while now? He had been playing a harp for him, and he didn't know who this guy was. He didn't know who his father was. Uh, Saul asked Abner, the captain of the host, who's, who David's father was. Uh, he recognized David as being the one uh, actually, it says, we do not know why he asked that question, who is this youth? But for some reason, Saul did not recognize that David as being the one who calmed him with music. So for some reason, it doesn't say why, we don't know why, that, that he didn't know who David was for some reason, who, who his father was. Um, Saul revered, referred to David as a stripling, a lad, or a young man. Um, and it says, Abner brought David to Saul along with the head of Goliath. And then David identified himself to Saul as the son of Jesse. So Saul didn't even realize who this young man was, even though he had been with him. Um, so here's some, some principles and applications at the end here of uh, this passage. And I think I went through it a little bit faster than I thought I was going to. Um, so A, 4A says that um, as Goliath's intimidating and inflammatory words affected the, the army of Israel, we too can be hindered by negative words. So we really need to kind of help guard our speech. We, we need help from God. We need to pray to God to help us guard our speech. Because just as just as words can affect us, words that we say can affect other people. So guarding our speech is, is one of the lessons that we can get from this um, because words can, can have a, words can absolutely have a positive effect, but they can have a negative effect. Uh, I'm, I'm guilty of that through my whole life. I'm sure my words had a, a negative effect on a lot of people. Um, so I, I really know, and I've had words affect me. Uh, very negatively, so so I'm, I I really know what words can do. Uh, so we need to guard our speech, and then B we can learn much from David. 
when he saw the enemy of God and heard his malicious words, he felt he needed to get involved in the battle. When we see the spiritual battles that are raging and the devil destroying lives, we should want to do our part. Uh, sometimes we can see people who, have, who are having problems in their life, and, and sometimes we can step up, and, and maybe something we can say or do can help somebody. And a lot of times we don't do that. Sometimes, sometimes we, we say, oh, I'm praying for you. I hope, I hope everything will turn out okay, and, and we go along our, our day and never think of it again. Uh, but sometimes just praying helps. But then other times, just praying doesn't help. You know, maybe they need a prayer and something else. So if we kind of keep that on our minds, that um, when we see things that are going on in other people's lives, maybe it's not just a prayer that they need. Maybe they can use a, a little bit of help or um, something of that nature. Um, not to pat myself on the back, but um, I, I, don't, I don't think it would be too bad a thing to kind of say this, but Hunter, you know, he's having a real hard time, and I kind of saw that last week, um, so I took it upon myself to kind of ask him if he'd want to go with me and my boys and some other boys to go bowling, so, you know, stuff like that really can uh, mean a lot to people, um, and see, we see that David's victory over the lion and the bear it built his confidence for facing Goliath. Um, in the same way, the victories we experience in our lives help prepare us for future challenges. So doing, doing little things, you know, uh, for people and, and helping in, in different ways builds us up. Um, you know, every time we do something, it kind of gives us confidence. We can get confidence to help the next person. Um, you know, there's... Some people aren't bold enough to, to stand up to somebody and say, you know, can I help you? Or um, is there anything that you need? Or you want to just talk? Some people don't have, have that confidence in them. Um, but if we just take one little step sometime, that could catapult us into having the courage to, to help more uh, and, and be able to see more, see other people in, in distress and, and having problems. Um, and D, we see that this great victory reminds us to trust God in our spiritual battles. Uh, we should have no question when we're in a spiritual battle. Really, we should have no question whether God's with us or not. We should just know it. But we don't always, we don't always do that. We don't always know it. I'm guilty of that also. Um, so that's, that's one thing that we can work on as far as just understanding that, that we're saved. We, we have somebody on our side who has brought me from where I was. You know, if, if you guys would have known me, you would know God done something. <laughs> you know, God did do something. So if he, if he can do something to me, why can't he help me do something in somebody else's life? So let's try and keep those little principles in our minds as we go ahead and, and kind of use those. And, and maybe we can be a, be a help to somebody.